0: What is your feeling about the presidential outcome? Um, it's... There's no words for, like, how horrible this is. Like, people are dying. Like, um, at the Pulse nightclub. That was the biggest massacre, right? There. but i just think that's something that has to be fixed because that's such an important part in this country
1: what tougher gun laws
0: no you can buy or lease. the fact that 85% of the people in america were or are immigrants like their ancestors or people now you can
2: buy or
0: lease. violence and the walls are going to step backwards instead of forwards. He wants to make America great again, but the fact is that building walls and bombing people and allowing bad people to have guns is not making it great again. It's taking a step backwards. Or at least in a
2: world where the people have no voice,
0: <laughs> fake news runs wild.
2: And social, social, social media dictates our lives. And we're
0: here to keep it real at Media Lab. Just, Just a, group a group of students of looking, looking for the truth. For the truth. Hashtag, what story, what story are you story? telling? Hashtag, go tell it. NEPI Media.
3: New England Public Radio's Media Lab is made possible through the generous contributions from the Berkshire Bank Foundation, Inc., the Community Foundation of Western Massachusetts, the Irene E. and George A. Davis Foundation, Tom and Kit Dennis, Thomas and Marilyn Ewig, the Kitteridge Foundation, Mass Humanities, TD Bank and TD Charitable Foundation, the United Bank Foundation, the Rotary Club, and two anonymous donors. To find more of our work, please visit us at NEPR.net.
0: welcome to New England Public Radio. Media Lab Podcast.
3: I am Irish. My grandmother is an Irish immigrant. My grandfather was a private first class during World War II. Okinawa. Hell. She moved in August, and the heat from the sidewalks burned her legs. She swore never to get on a boat again, seasick for over a month. She left everything behind, brother, cousins, aunts and uncles. She was here during anti-Irish movements, an ideology that carried over from the late 1800s. Luckily, she was here after World War II. Politicians said the Irish were slowly becoming more accepted. But still... She would see signs that stated in bold black ink, No Irish or blacks need apply. The Irish, like every other group of immigrants, got their plethora of slurs. Muckers. Mick or Mac, from the traditional, cultural, prefix to many Irish last names. Nina. No Irish need apply. Narrowback. Used toward the children and grandchildren of Irish immigrants. Like me. And Patty. Mainly used by the British. Don't call me that. It's used like bullets and backs on Bloody Sunday, a massacre of fleeing peaceful protesters. Fourteen people shot as they ran, two run down by armored trucks. And they got away with it. Of course they got away with it, because who cares about the life of a paddy anyway? I am Irish, not a mucker, a mick, a nina, not a narrowback. I know exactly who immigrated because I can trace her steps. Moira Murphy. My middle name is Murphy. Omardaka, Sea Warrior. No one understands my pride in it. They call it a boy's name. No, it is my name. I'm the product of immigrants. I carry the story of immigrants in my blood, and I'm proud to carry that title in my veins. Product of Immigration. For NEPR's Media Lab, I'm Jackie Barrett.
0: NAPR Media. Lab.
2: The NEPR you once knew was gone. This is the home for the voiceless, the silence, and the forgotten. This belongs to the youth. This is Media Lab.
4: I still remember the bruises my father left on my soft skin. Through sleepless nights, I wondered if he was ever going to be nice to me. His own daughter. My dad did things people knew were bad. He used drugs, screamed at his friends, taunting them, until they ended up fighting. This abuse led to a difficult life, a life of all kinds of abuse, physical, sexual, and verbal. School was no better. Kids bullied me, pulled my hair, called me names. I spent years alone trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Was I too skinny? Were my glasses too big? I felt like the biggest nerd on the planet. I just needed someone to understand me. Then I thought I met the person that did. I thought I could trust him. He wouldn't hurt me. He was part of the hood. No one was scared of him. He fought and would be on the block, hanging out on the street. There would be days when I didn't hear from him. No phone calls or texts. Whenever I would ask a question, like, What are you doing? How have you been? It would lead to an argument. There were problems. The breakup was painful and pushed me into a depression. After a sleepover at my friend Jasmine's house, I went into my bedroom and shut the door all the way. A feeling of not being able to breathe searched within me. There was nothing that could stop that feeling. To numb the pain, I began to overdose on my medication, taking twice as much as was prescribed, all in an effort to end the pain and sadness. It all landed me in the hospital, actually four different hospitals, over the course of fourteen months. There were days when I did not know who I was. Days I spent sleeping and not eating. I felt that I was in jail. After those 14 months, I was nervous to come home. It didn't look the same. It was hard to go from locked doors of the hospital to a free world. Now every day is an effort to lead a normal life. I never thought I'd say the day when I'd be a senior in high school. It's so hard. I'm struggling to pass MCAS. I failed the math portion three times. I'm really trying to graduate. Through it all, I think of my great-grandmother, who endured her own ordeal. A forced marriage at 13 to a man that could have been her grandfather. Two kids at a young age. She was beaten, starved, and homeless. But the day came when she escaped. Now every day she tells me, look at me, Aslan. I've been through so much for so long, and I'm still here breathing. I still deal with depression. I try to believe in hope. And like my great-grandmother, I'm still here breathing.
1: There's a ton of things I learned that my dad should have taught me, but he couldn't, because he wasn't there. He didn't teach me how to shave, pick up girls, was never there to give the talk. He didn't take care of me when I was too sick for school, or even help me with my homework. It's okay, because I figured it out. And yeah, it was a struggle, but it all worked out eventually. I love the y I am now, but if he was in the house, how different my life had been. Would I have dropped out of seventh grade and started drinking and smoking like him? or still become the honor student I am? Would I have struggled as much as I did with my first love? Would I have been able to communicate more effectively, or maybe convey my love more clearly? I know, I know. It might seem like I overanalyze a lot. My two younger sisters live in different houses, with different mothers. Dad has always seen them more than me. For some reason, it seemed as though he never wanted to spend time with me, and I always wondered why. I didn't have any answers, and I never had the courage to ask him. Maybe he felt I was always able to handle life on my own. These are the things I think about. When people talk about having both parents, I often feel as though I'm having a small mental breakdown. Dad hasn't been in my life at all. I mean, I've spoken to him, but I've spent more time locked up in my room with my global friends playing online video games. He lives about 20 minutes away from me, I can never take the time to stop and simply say hi. It's more like he's some close relative who died. I would love to tell him all the tough times I've had, times that pushed me deeper into depressed state. To be able to hear him tell me, you will be okay. I want to share his own version of what it was like to grow. Recently, I found out my dad has a brother, but guess how I found out? My dad texted me. He wrote me saying his brother was in intensive care at the local hospital. Staff five times, it was no joke. My brand new uncle, already close to ghost, hit me with all this information. My dad not talking, but texting. My new to me uncle, already about to leave my life. Thanks, dad. As I entered high school, depression hit me like a brick wall. For a long time, all I did was play online video games. I refused to leave my room. and My mother had to bring me food. Otherwise, I would have not eaten. Even though my dad was absent from my life, I did have my best friend. She taught me new perspectives, like how to be more optimistic. She knows more about me than my father does. Hell, she could be my real father. I mean, she goes to a different high school. I can't see her often, but she sees me more than he does. She helped me when I felt totally isolated from everyone. And because of that, I became a successful honor student with college on my agenda. Where I moved to the next chapter of my life, and embrace my inner nerd. Dad, if you ever get the opportunity to listen to this, thank you for nothing. Or maybe should I say, thank you for this much. Without you around, I've grown up to be a better person than you.
2: Media Lab, the podcast. There's always a time in life where we feel sad and disappointed in ourselves, but imagine feeling that way every day and just feeling nothing at all. Like there's no life in you, but just death. Every day we look for something to fill up our emptiness, but it seems nothing's going to work and there's no such thing as hope. We're trying to get rid of the feeling, the feeling that we aren't good enough for anything, the feeling of being scared to be heard from everyone because other people heard of us before. And it swallows you into this abyss of nothingness, and you're looking for a way out, but your mind falls back, giving up. There's a poem that I wrote long ago about Hope when I was feeling down and just empty and it went something like this. Hope. Hope never gives up. Hope keeps looking for that door to open and give him shelter. He goes knocking doors, knocks doors that seem that will never open. Hope keeps knocking. But the doors don't open. It seems no one's home. Hope turns around to the darkness. Hope looks for a key to open the door. But he can't see anything in this dark. So he goes back to knocking. Hope never gives up. Hope still looks for that door to open and give him shelter. Hope knocks. Finally, a door opens. And with a big cold smile, death welcomes him in. In this poetry, Hope ended up seeing something that he didn't want. But there's a message in this poem. And the message is, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Try and try, but don't give up. And keep moving forward. Trying could mean loss of friends, loss of family. It could even mean your life. Because if you really want to get out of this feeling of sadness and nothingness and from the depression, then you must put your heart, mind and soul into believing that you will find your answer and don't give up until you get there. Check us out on nepr.net or you can hit us up on facebook at nepr underscore media lab and don't forget to hashtag what story are you telling as you tell your own peace